Hello, and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast, where we tell the stories of local business owners, artists, and entrepreneurs, and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a magazine that helps to showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on most streaming services such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and others. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube through the links in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking with Bill Benson, the Executive Director of Boots to Roots. Bill Benson joined Boots to Roots in 2019 after a successful stint as the owner-operator of a small manufacturing business in Maine. Prior to owning this business and before moving to Maine in 2014, Bill spent 24 years on active duty with the United States Army. Bill is a combat veteran who served over 42 months deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. When it came time to transition, Bill, his wife Tara, and their three children chose to settle in Maine because out of all the places they lived, Maine felt most like home. Bill joined Boots to Roots because of the opportunity to use his own experience as a veteran and business owner to assist other transitioning service members in finding meaningful work and put down roots in Maine. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. You are a Maine business. A Maine business. That means you're the backbone of our community and a force for good in Maine. At Gorham Savings Bank, we think you deserve a bank that sees your business as more than a balance sheet. Every Maine business deserves that kind of bank. Call, click, or come by to learn how we can help your business thrive. You're a Maine business. We're a Maine bank. Let's get to work. Gorham Savings Bank. Banking is believing. Member FDIC. Welcome to the show, Bill. We are so glad to have you here today. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, really excited to be here. This is great. So I want to dive in. Can you give us some background on what Boots to Roots is and how it all came to be? Sure. So, um, you know, our mission is to assist active duty military members transition to, to meaningful work in Maine. And um, that really all came about in 2014 when a veteran of the Air Force was coming to Maine. He's from Maine, from the China Lakes region, mm-hmm. and uh, had a master's degree and all kinds of executive experience in the military. And he was coming back to Maine with his family and he, he thought, well, I'm, I'm going back home. So I'm, it's going to be easy for me to translate uh, all of my experiences and skills that I've picked up in my long military career to a successful work. Mm-hmm. And he found that really not to be the case. And it, he, he struggled even to get job interviews and to translate his skills into experiences that were meaningful to hiring managers. And, and so as most people know that if you don't have a job, you it's hard to you can't buy a house, and it's even hard to rent rent an apartment. So he he struggled and didn't know where his family was going to end up. So after he kind of worked his way through that experience, he started to reflect on it and thought, you know, if he was having these issues and with his experience and background, what about other veterans who are trying to come back to Maine? Why is this so mm-hmm. hard? Mm-hmm. And uh, what resources could be put in place to help others who are transitioning find success in Maine? And so that, that, that was really the catalyst for why Boost Roots was created. Wow. And that is so true. Like if, if you are from here and you have that much of difficulty, imagine someone who has no familiarity with the area. Right. And, and that's a great cold. point because, yeah, the, our typical, we call them teammates, you know, the folks who are transitioning out of the military – our typical teammates not from Maine originally, and their spouse isn't from Maine originally. That was surprising to me when I became involved in the organization. So we have people who we've had a couple who've never even set foot in the state, and we have others who they're literally their only experience in in Maine uh, to date was 
a great experience coming through Bangor International Airport and be, being greeted there by the by the greeters that used to greet all the planes coming back from mm-hmm. from overseas. And they had such a great experience there that it, it caused them to do more research and find out about all the great things that Maine has to offer and, and made them want to want to come here. But, you know, how do you get then get connected into the Maine community? Um, mm. you know, we're, we're a small state. I like to say that you're only ever three or four people. It's not seven degrees of separation in Maine. It's only three <laughs> or four, right? You're only three or four people yeah. away from knowing anybody in, across the state. And that's been mm-hmm. proven to me over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and but so how do you break into that network um, if you don't have any connections here? And again, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of that that role that British Roots is hoping to fill. That's fantastic. Yeah. So what are some of those challenges that military personnel face in transitioning out of active duty into civilian life, either in general or, or specifically coming to Maine? And, and how does Boots to Roots help with that? Sure. So our, our program is, is basically consists of two parts. One is helping translate those military experiences into skill sets that hiring managers are going to understand. And, and we mm. do that through resume coaching and interview coaching and career coaching and transition coaching. These are people who are, all our coaches are living in Maine. So they have that going for them and and they understand uh, what local employers are looking for. Uh, We also try really hard to take most of the military language out of, out of a resume or out of Mm -hmm. the, the interview process because, you know, ranks and duty positions and job descriptions in the military don't always translate well to uh, civilian hiring managers. So that that's a huge part of what we do. But I think more importantly is the connection that we provide to local Maine employers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maine's not like other states. We're at a, a bit of a disadvantage for attracting military talent here because we don't have any large military bases any longer since the naval base at Brunswick uh, went away. There are a few you know, Coast Guard uh, locations, and we've got the uh, shipyard down at Portsmouth with the Navy contingent, but th- those are very small populations. And so mm. I myself am a, a 24-year veteran of the Army, and I so I transitioned, when I transitioned out of the military in 2014, I was living in Texas. And there are lots of opportunities in Texas with businesses who are connected to the installation there who are ready to hire mm-hmm. folks coming out of the military. And there's those are well-worn pathways. Um, there's also government service positions that are open and, and that are in and around uh, the, the, the large military bases in Texas and, and Washington, D.C. and Southern California and Florida and other, other places. But those pathways don't exist in Maine. Mm-hmm. And so making those connections to Maine employers uh, is really important. And we do that because we're connected to over 150 Maine employers and that's a conservative number. We've had 146 other veterans who have already had a successful transition to the state of Maine. So they're now all ambassadors, right? And and we can put folks who are interested in coming to the state in touch with them into our formal peer mentoring program. And peer mentors are folks who have a military background, but transitioned and have had success in Maine and are currently working in, uh, across the state in all types of different jobs. And so if you have an interest in a specific area, a specific industry, or a specific company, there's a pretty good chance that we're going to know somebody there. Um, not only that, mm-hmm. but we, we're going to be in contact with potentially a veteran who, in m- many cases, who works there and can mm-hmm. talk you through some of the specifics about moving to, to Maine, getting embedded into a community, and, and what working at that specific company or in that specific industry uh, feels mm-hmm. like on the civilian side. 
Hmm. That's fantastic. You know, I, I, that's one of those things, going back to your first point about taking out different jargon and language mm-hmm. and, and translating almost to private sector speak or, or finding how that translates over. That's something that to me, now that you mention it, mm-hmm. it's so obvious, but it's not something I would have thought about. And mm-hmm. that, that must be kind of an educational piece on both sides, really. Absolutely. So we, we you know, and, and when I took, when I came into my, my job at, um, at, at Booster Roots, you know, I kind of had to, I had to apply for the job and, and go back and look at the resume that I had put together when I transitioned from the military. And I now five years removed from, from that transition, I look at it and say, oh, wow, what did I, why did I include this? And, and, mm-hmm. and wow, it's way too long. And I included things that really don't have any relevance to the job that I was applying for and wouldn't be relevant or understandable by someone who didn't have a military background. And mm-hmm. so now I understand that having that information does it not only not help me, but it actually is a detractor because mm-hmm. um, it puts up barriers between me and, and the hiring manager. But then yeah. on the employer side, there's some education and a, and a comfort level really that we want to bring to them and knowing that these are folks that are going to fit into their culture, right? And I think most people who are hiring, they really want to know, is this person going to be a good fit? Mm-hmm. And so- having a comfort level with the type of talent that are that's coming out of the military and what to expect from those folks I think is important and so we spend a lot of time not only getting to know our teammates but also getting to know the businesses that we're sending these teammates to to go and and do interviews with mm-hmm. because we want to have a good fit or maybe should have mentioned this up front our two goals of the program the first one is to have our teammates hired within 60 days of arriving to the state and the second goal is that they stay at least 12 months in their first post-military job. And we're, we're really proud of the fact that we have a 90% success rate meeting wow. both of those goals. But the second one is important not only to the military member because it means that they've probably found a good fit if they've stayed there 12 months, but it's also important to the employer because mm-hmm. you know there's a cost associated with onboarding new talent and they don't want to have somebody who's only going to come in and, and stay there three or four months and then go on to some other position. And mm-hmm. so being able to show that that 12 month retention, the fact that they stay 12 months is an indicator that they're going to stay long term. And those things are important to, to employers. And we want employers to come back and hire another veteran at some point. So um, it's, it's really important to us to have those relationships and, and have a good match between the, what the employer needs and, and what the teammate is looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that fit is important. And because every time you're doing this, like you're saying, there's there's not these well-worn paths here in Maine that there are in a, in a place like Texas or in areas where there is more of, a, like, say, uh, Virginia, where I, I spent a year living, where it's like you, you throw a rock in any direction right. and you're going to hit a military base, right. you know. And you're establishing those here, though, mm-hmm. just without kind of that infrastructure that's provided by the military base. So yeah. I imagine that fit does go a long way in in helping establish those roads, especially with larger employers. Yeah, that's absolutely right. First, I just want to say thank you for your service. Um, We just appreciate your service and just want to say thank you for that, um, for all that you've done and all that you do. But I also wanted to ask, you know, what do you think makes Maine so appealing for people leaving the military service? Uh, well, there, there's there's certainly a long list. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I'm not from Maine originally either. I, I grew up in Massachusetts, and and um, my family and I lived all over the country. But when we came time when it came time for us to transition, you know, we had always kind of satellited back to, to Maine. And I, I've been coming here up here my whole life. And and my family came here. My wife and kids came here when I was deployed. And and so as we were looking to 
find a place to put down roots, Maine felt more like home than any other mm-hmm. place that we had lived. And mm-hmm. um, I think that resonates with a lot of folks. They're attracted to Maine because of the fact that it's uh, a ver- still a fairly rural state and it's um, got a low population density mm-hmm. um, that you have access to the ocean and the mountains and the, and the forests uh, and you're still close to you're still close to nature and the hunting and fishing aspects of mm-hmm. it are, are all are all really important. And you can be a little bit away from the hustle and bustle of the large population centers. And yet, if you want to go visit, you're still not that far away. Right. And, mm. and Maine's got this great legacy of kind of independence and social responsibility. And, and I think it's really quite appealing to a lot of folks. And then you've got mm. great schools and low crime rate and and mm. an increasing and uh, well, an important one uh, for folks who bring a military pension to the state. Uh, four years ago, the legislature passed a law that exempted Maine uh, military pensions from state income tax. So oh, wow. that that's actually a, a big deal. And yeah. and there are many people who are when they retire from the military. I don't like to use the word retire because it means it you know implies that you're not working any longer. Where mm. literally everyone who who comes out of the military is going is going to find work at, mm-hmm. somewhere at some point. But folks who are transitioning from the military with military benefits, they make a list of all the states that tax military pensions, and they won't move to those states. That's a very yeah, common yeah. thing to do. So mm-hmm. I don't want to underestimate the, the the effect that that has in attracting folks from elsewhere to to the great state of Maine. Yeah, mm. I could see where that would definitely Absolutely. help. I, I mean, that's sure. I, I'm I'm not great at math, but I can understand that. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can I can do that math pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, and it and it goes into the fact that two hundred thousand people transition from the military every year. That's a that's a huge number. I was mm. shocked to learn that number myself. And wow. they're all going to land somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's easy to stay where you end up. Meaning that if you you know ended your career in Southern California, it's it's easier to stay there. Because mm-hmm. you, your your family may be already established there a little bit, you might have you might have already be living in a home. You, your kids are in school, and there, like I said, there are pathways that that help you find your next job. But if we can get more of those two hundred thousand mm. military members who transition every year, you know, even one percent of that population to to choose Maine as a destination, they're bringing. Not only are you getting a great worker. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting all the federal money that may be associated with them, whether that's pension or or healthcare or VA benefits or even the GI Bill benefits. You know th- that they're going to end up spending here in the state of Maine. So they're bringing with them all of that federal money that's mm-hmm. going to get spent here in Maine. So there's an mm-hmm. tr- there's an incredible return on investment. Plus, we also work with military spouses. So our typical teammate is married with kids. So you're not just getting that one employee. You're also getting the spouse who in, mm-hmm. in many cases, most cases actually is going to end up taking a job. And then just like my three kids who all grew up here and came of working age here, they all went on to take those entry level jobs that employers are finding so difficult to fill right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the return on investment for the state is is um, really compelling in, in, yeah, in my mind. For sure. Yeah, it's a, it's it's as close to a no brainer as I can kind of think of. And uh, kind of leading into that, how has your own personal experience in that transition from military to civilian life influenced your time with Boots to Roots? That's a great question. And, and I already mentioned some of my struggles and looking back on the resume that I had prepared uh, transitioning out of the military and how completely wrong it was for the civilian <laughs> hiring environment, to put it to put it frankly. 
you know, and I thought I had done a pretty good job. But so my wife and I decided to purchase a business when we when we wanted to be business owners and experience that. So we actually had the opportunity to, to purchase a business when we arrived to Maine and we grew that business and, and were able to sell it in, in 2019, had a great experience through that process. Challenging, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, worthwhile. But that was part of what influenced me in my decision to, to get involved with Booster Roots because as a business owner, I really understood the value of that employees bring to a small business. And our, our mm-hmm. business was only seven, seven people at, the, at its largest. But, you know, that means that every single employee has, a, has an outsized impact on the success of that business. Mm-hmm. And I ran into other business owners on a probably weekly basis, you know, and this was several years ago. And every one of them, their top issue was uh, workforce. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to know, hey, where, we'd like to hire veterans. How can we hire veterans? Um, how do we get in touch with them? And there are some state organizations that help with uh, connecting employers to veterans uh, who are already here in the state. But veteran unemployment at the time was you know, below 4%. It actually got down below 3%, which is essentially full employment. So understanding the need for that employers had to find employees also really significantly impacted my desire to get involved with Boots to Roots to not only promote all the great things that veterans bring to workforce, but also with the understanding that Maine needs more workers, right? I mean, yeah. the, the governor's 10-year economic plan recognized a 75,000-person workforce shortage. That was all pre-pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. I think the number's low. I think that you see businesses now making decisions about expansion specifically because they can't find work for the workforce in Maine. I mean, mm-hmm. you had you had businesses that have started and opened factories or manufacturing plants in other states because they they couldn't find the workforce here in in Maine. So you know, hopefully we're we're becoming part of the the solution to that. Mm-hmm. Those are all things that that influenced me. And I know from your going back to your original question, I was coming to Maine. Part of the reason actually that we decided to purchase a business, we thought that was an easier path than to try to break into a corporation in the state mm-hmm. that I didn't have a background in. And mm-hmm. um, it was it was a very intimidating process. And mm-hmm. you know, you put your resume out there and you don't get any feedback, like mm-hmm. none. And, and mm-hmm. there are jobs that you know you could do, but you know you don't even get uh, other than an automated response. And the thing to remember, and we tell our employers this all the time, for folks coming out of the military, for most of them, this is the first job they've ever really applied to, mm-hmm. right? I mean, as an adult, I mean, maybe they they maybe they bag groceries as a kid or worked at a summer camp and you know or something like that. But you know, as an adult applying to a job and putting a resume together and so forth, this is really the first time they've done that. And in the military, you're very used to getting feedback, if not immediately, certainly within 24 or 48 hours on, on some decision that needs to get made. So when, when you put your resume into a pool and submit for a job and you don't hear anything back for four weeks or six weeks, not only do you feel undervalued or not mm. valued, but mm-hmm. you also feel like, why would I want to go work for a company that doesn't even take the time to respond to me? Like right. they're, they're, They want to hire somebody. I feel like I'm qualified and they won't even... They won't even respond and give me give me feedback, and so, you know, there's a there's some education that can be done on both sides for for, mm-hmm. for that situation. Yeah, and it's I think it's really interesting how this really makes kind of a triangle, and you've now been on all three sides of that triangle. You've been the, the person in the transition. You've been the person who is a business owner, 
looking to hire and looking to, you know, looking to run a business. And now you are kind of the other, the final part of that of now here, let me help people go from here to here. Mm. You know, so you, you have a great perspective from that, from that point of view as, as difficult as I'm sure it has been, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, doing that, but it, it's a great perspective to have. It seems like an ideal spot that you're in right now. Well, I like that image of a triangle. I might use that. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. That's a freebie. <laughs> that's a that's a freebie. Well, and 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 I, I, another follow up. I just wanted to let everyone, our listeners, know. Uh, Bill actually was nice enough to send me that early draft of his resume, and I I was able to see the problem immediately. You had that you were originally from Massachusetts, right there at the top. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure as you took. I'm sure as soon as you took that off, things you know. Yes, yeah, so that. A couple so calls. yeah, so lesson learned, right? Um, you know, one of the things that we talked to our our teammates about is. If you can get a, a main phone number, put mm-hmm. a main phone number on there. Yep. We yep. we 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 recommend because most remember most of the folks that we're talking to aren't from Maine and they're not mm-hmm. living here currently. So, you know, we like to connect with folks twelve to eighteen months before they leave service. That's the time yeah. they're they're making decisions about where they're going to go to. In fact, early connection is probably the key to successful transition. If we can start talking to somebody twelve to eighteen months before they arrive in today's job market, they're going to have mm-hmm. in most cases, multiple job offers before they arrive. Um, That's great. But if we, we encourage them, like use our uh, office address on the top of your resume, or at least have a main phone number, mm-hmm. because that's a turnoff to employers. If they see that you're out of state, especially for a small employer who doesn't have an HR department and they can't spend a lot of time following up and making phone calls and so forth, they're just going to put that resume to the side because they don't feel like it's worth the time to mm-hmm. talk to you because the chance of actually getting you to come to Maine is 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 perceived the perception is that it's not that great. But mm-hmm. if we can make a personal connection and you know they get that resume and then somebody gets an email from me or from Boots to Roots who says, "Hey, you just received a job application from so and so. They're living in California. They're coming here in in July of next year. They're really excited about you know living in Maine. They're committed to coming here." you know, make sure you give this person a second look. And and again, those personal connections and, mm-hmm. and networking really, really make a difference. Yeah. Huge. And I imagine as you go through that process of connecting with more people, you know, hopefully that can, that can be a little bit less of a hurdle. Absolutely. And, and I, I don't know I'm sure if I mentioned this before or not, but we've grown each year over the past five years. We've had, we've helped more people find work. We've had more teammates enroll in our program. And we've had more businesses reaching out to us each of the last five years. And we're projected to do that. We're looking forward to a, a great 2022. But all of that s- speaks to the the need and the acceptance and the growing awareness of, of mm. the program. And I think the recognition of the talent that transitioning military members bring to, bring to the workforce and bring mm. to businesses. We're not making a case to hire a veteran because you're doing them a favor as a thank you. Hire them because they're going to make your business better. It's a value right. proposition. Mm. That's the message that we want to send. This is mm-hmm. this is not you know we're not asking for they're not asking for a handout. And veterans don't want a handout. They want meaningful work. Um, mm-hmm. And that 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 definition of meaningful is different for everybody. But you know they want to know that they're they're part of an organization that that has purpose and direction and and a purpose mm-hmm. and direction for them inside of inside of the business. And right. so we want to talk about that as much as we can. So what are some of the ways that people can get involved with Boots to Roots? 
So uh, certainly, you know, we're always looking for folks to volunteer either, you know, if you have, if you have a background or experience in, in resume writing and interview coaching and so forth, um, we, we're always looking to expand that, that team or maybe be part of the advisory board. So reaching out to us, go to the website, www.boosterroost.org and um, send, you know, hit the contact button and, and send us a note if folks are interested in volunteering. If you're an employer, you know, reach out because you want to, you're looking to hire our teammates. You know, we have mm-hmm. at any given time, you know, between 35 and 50 teammates who are at in some stage of transition to, to Maine. And wow. so we always want to hear from employers who are, who are looking to hire. You can advocate for, for Boots Roots and advocate for the mission. You know, we've talked a couple of times about the need for workforce in general for the state of Maine. And, and we really would think that the state has a role to play in that. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, we spend a lot of money as a state attracting tourists to Maine to come and visit. But historically, Maine hasn't spent a lot of money attracting talent to come and live and work here. And so we think there's a role for the state to play in that. This is a statewide issue. So advocating Mm -hmm. to local representatives and to other state leaders is is really Mm -hmm. important as well. Mm -hmm. But all of those, if if anyone's interested in that, go to our website at boosterroost.org. And I think that's the right place to start. That's awesome. Uh, one thing I'm, I'm always curious about because I, I'm I'm always a fan of, of other people's lessons learned so that, you know, maybe I can avoid them myself. Uh, kind of a selfish point of view, but I, I hope it helps others <laughs> as well. Uh, what would you say is one of the biggest lessons you've learned since starting with Boots to Roots in 2019? I guess it's the impact that, it, you know, an, an individual employee can have on on a business. A couple of them. So that's one. And I, maybe that, that predates my, my start with Boots to Roots. Um, mm-hmm. The need in in the state for for workers has only been amplified since I started working here, and I think the problems become more acute. One thing that has really hit home over the last six months is the competitive nature for military workforce talent across the country. So our efforts to attract military talent here have been hampered somewhat by the COVID situation and the fact that mm-hmm. you know in person events aren't taking place and and our ability to get out and market. The opportunities that are in Maine uh, across the country have been have been limited. I did attend a, a, a workforce event in upstate New York in, in early November, and you know I was shocked that Indiana, the state of Indiana, had a booth at this workforce event trying to attract military talent to Indiana. Um, oh. Tesla had a booth in upstate New York. There's no Tesla manufacturing uh-huh. companies in New York State. They were recruiting for California and Texas, but they were in upstate New York at this relatively small or smaller military base trying to recruit this talent. And there were other national organizations there as well. And so as I've done more outreach and contacted military bases across the country, I've been really surprised at the competitive nature um, and how tight the workforce challenge and attracting this specific pool of talent to anywhere has has become. And despite that, I'm, I'm confident that Maine has more than enough to offer mm. that that one percent is is a reasonable goal for attracting that talent um, mm-hmm. to maine you know I, i'm a believer you, you should be able to influence one percent of any population so and, and maine's got so much going for it we just want to mm-hmm. make maine the destination a choice of more for more of those two hundred thousand military members who are leaving service for mm. sure yeah so we we always like to ask this because i i'd like to know the answer myself but 
I feel like I learned something. Yes, but we're, we're into the selfish portion we are of the into show the selfish now. Portion of <laughs> the thank, show. thank you. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> but how do you define success? Yeah, well, I mentioned our two our two main goals, right? Having someone hired within 60 days. That's a, a key goal for folks who are transitioning from the military. Normally they have between 30 to 60 days of some kind of transition leave mm-hmm. um, that, that enables them a little bit of a cushion to, to find work. So I mentioned, you know, connecting with military members 12 to 18 months before they transition. Mm-hmm. And we follow that through, to, you know, to 12 months or, or more um, after transition. And so success for us is, you know, have we provided a best outcome for, for that teammate and their, their family? And, mm-hmm. and so one of the metrics we use is getting them hired within 60 days because that having that job relieves so many of the challenges associated with a transition, right? They're not only transitioning jobs, they're transitioning industries and they're moving, you know, and those are all uh, stressors that families, military families are dealing with. And so if we can help them find a job uh, that they're going to stay in and be happy in and thrive in. It's going to provide them some financial security. It's going to enable them to be able to purchase a home. And once you've done that, you're more ready to put yourself and get involved in, in the community. And, mm-hmm. and so that's really what it's all about. I just want to say we're not a recruiting firm. So we don't charge the military members for our services. We don't charge businesses. We're not filling seats. Like we don't get hired by a business to go find five employees. There's no cost for for coming through and using boots to roots. There's no cost to the business. We're in it for best outcomes. We think that's the right model. It's where we want to stay focused. And um, it provides best outcomes, not only for the military member, but also for the business, because it means there's Mm -hmm. going to be a good fit. And that goes back to that second goal of 12-month retention. If folks weren't happy where they ended up, they wouldn't stay 12 months and and longer. I mean, Mm -hmm. that 12 months is just a marker, but if you stay 12, you're much more likely to stay long-term in a business. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's, I mean, that's so, I imagine that has to be so huge. Just all of that put together as far as like defining success, because Mm. if you, if you can really provide that framework for someone who's coming out of a framework Mm. like the military, that is kind of all encompassing Mm -hmm. and, and you can at least give them this kind of a solid basis. Yeah. That has to be success because you are providing, you're allowing them to provide for all these other things. And that, that is absolutely huge. And, and it's awesome to hear that there's no charge for your teammates and there's no charge for the employers. That's, that is awesome that you guys are doing that mm-hmm. for the goal of best outcomes. That is truly inspiring, which also leads into our, our last <laughs> question. See how I did that? That was, was good, Todd. I even had that to point out how really good the transition good. is, which actually just completely blew how good the transition <laughs> was. But I couldn't help myself. But so, Bill, who or what inspires you? Yeah, great question. And, and I'm fortunate because I work in a job where I can get in, inspired every day. You know, it's mm-hmm. hearing the change of voice when you're talking to uh, mm-hmm. at one of our teammates um, on an initial phone call, or maybe their spouse is, is listening in on the phone call as well. And, and when you start the conversation, that first initial conversation, that you can hear the stress and the concern um, that this person has and, and, the, and their family has about the transition and where they're going to end up and how are they going to provide for their for themselves and their families and where is a good location to land and what about the schools and where can the, how can they find a home and the, you know the challenges the real estate challenges that we've all been witnessing across the state and 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 by the end of the conversation you can hear it and my colleagues and I have talked about this a number of times the relief in the voice and it's like this big exhale during the conversation mm-hmm. and and how thankful and uh, appreciative and excited that our teammates are about the, the opportunities that that exist in Maine and their 
their desire to get here as quickly as possible. I don't need any more inspiration than that. I mean, that keeps me going and I think keeps our organization going. Ultimately, that's what, you know, that's why our organization exists. And um, it, it, it provides a, a great amount of, of inspiration for all of us. I can only imagine how, how that must feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Bill, uh, we thank you very much for taking time out of your yes, day. Yes, thank you so much. And, and also, uh, just on a side note, as, as two folks who do have folks who are veterans in our family, uh, thank you for everything that you're doing for folks and, yeah. and, for, and for, for putting this as a priority in your life and, and just on a daily basis doing this to help others. We definitely yes, appreciate that, and, and I'm sure that all the teammates that you work with appreciate it. I will definitely put uh, links to the Booster Roots website as well as social media. So if folks want to find out more, uh, how they can get involved, events that you're doing, things like that that are coming up, they'll be able to get all of that information right in the show notes. And once again, Bill, thank you. And we wish you great success in 2022. Thanks so much. Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Gorham Savings Bank, and encourage you to check them out through the link in the show notes. And thank you again for listening.